There's people in your life that won't listen to me. They'll listen to you. There's people that won't listen to our guest speaker today, but they'll listen to you. There's people that won't listen to a best-selling author, but they'll listen to you. I believe God is longing to reach that one person through you. This reckless love doesn't just come to us, and we're not just cul-de-sacs that hoard that for ourselves. But God longs that that reckless love would go to us and through us, that we would be thoroughfares of His love, thoroughfares of His grace, thoroughfares of His generosity. And I've got to learn how to do that better. We've got to learn how to do that better. That's why I asked our guest speaker to come today. Not when I'm out of town, but when I'm here in the front row taking notes. And I hope that we would be attentive, whether we're joining online or whether we are here in person, whether we're here in the 5 p.m. service, whether we're listening to this six months from now, that we would be present in this moment asking God, grow me in this area. I had a chance to meet Brad Formsma last year. And during the midst of our time, I immediately thought, I've got to have Brad come and, and teach at Bel Air. I, I've, I've so been challenged and encouraged and inspired by his message. In fact, he wrote a book that was published in 2015 called I Like Giving. And it was quickly identified as one of the top inspirational books of that year. In fact, he's also the founder and president of ilikegiving.com. Great stories, great inspirational messages and resources for you to grow. In fact, he's actually been studying and teaching on generosity the last 15 years. So he's just getting into this. So we've got to be, you know, really warm and welcoming to this guy that is really who's impacted me a lot. In fact, I shared with him the story of how a gift of generosity a number of years ago resulted in my son being born. And the fact that today is Judah's sixth birthday, this thing that I take for granted, frankly, so often... You know, and if you don't know that story, ask somebody else. If they don't know it, find out the it's, it's an amazing story of where a couple was used by God in such a, a magnificent way in the midst of our journey of infertility. That as we hear this message of generosity, it's not just us giving, but it's also us being able to see how God is giving to us through people in our lives. And there could be this, this massive ripple effect. So in a moment, we're going to have uh, an opportunity to... Give a warm welcome to Brad Formsma, but he lives here in Southern California. He's married. He's got three kids. Two of them are here today. And as he, uh, in a moment, will come up, and as we give a really loud welcome. And by the way, every week we've got people online. We've got people, uh, you know, people will text me. They're like, I'm on a flight right now to Chicago. I'm, I'm streaming live. So in a moment when this video's done, uh, would you give a really warm welcome? And if you're on a flight or if you're in a hospital, would you be loud in your welcome? And who knows? Who knows what will happen? You know, the steward will come running to you and say, what's going on? you just be like, I'm doing church. Come join me. You never know how God might use that. So we're always looking for opportunities, right, to share the message and truth of Jesus Christ. Why don't we take a look at this message and afterwards, let's give a warm welcome to Brad Formsma. The book, I Like Giving, The Transforming Power of a Generous Life is available in stores nationwide. Get a book called I Like Giving. It's, oh. it's uh, Practical Ideas by Brad Formsma. When we started talking about doing a giving show, I thought we gotta have Brad on because he's the, he's the giving guy. 
awareness into action, miracles happen. I always say I've never met an angry, bitter, generous person, so <laughs> I want to be generous. Thank you. Will you say with me, I like giving. All right, now turn to your neighbor and say, and so do you. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. We're going to have some fun this morning. You know, a few years ago, I was speaking at the largest church in Florida, and their custom is to have a host family. And so their guest bedroom is off the kitchen, and their daughter, 10 years old, making these chocolate chip cookies for a mission fundraiser. And she put them into these little baggies, and I, I went back to my room. And two in the morning, I woke up with one of those need for a treat. So I stumbled out into the kitchen, and there they were. So I ate one. Boy, that went down so good. I, I went for the second, and then the third. Well, I slept real good the rest of the night, but I got up that morning, and I could hear through the door, Mom, I don't know what happened. I made them all. There's a baggie that has less... And this is my mission fundraising way to make money. And so the giving guy is behind the door. And what to do? And so I thought, I'm the cookie monster, really, is what's happening here. And so your pastor's wondering, who did I let in the house of the Lord today? But you know what? I didn't tell her until I got to that church and got up on the stage. And I looked down, and there she was. And I felt like the Lord said this would be a good time to come clean. And so I made the biggest donation for those three cookies, made up for it. So anyway, I have been studying generosity for nearly 15 years. And, you know, today I just want to share three things that I've picked up along the way and of how it's, it's changed me, my heart, and how it's impacted my family. And then gone on to impact many other people. Um, I was nine years old, the oldest of five, and mom had just had twins like six, six months earlier. So house is chaotic, and I'm looking for, you know, any way out. And I had this newly acquired skill called diaper changing, which I really didn't like. So I was, that was really a motivator. I got to get out of here. And so I started tagging along with my grandpa, who had a commercial baking company. But next to his office, he had this little test kitchen and he would make 16 loaves of bread every Saturday. And then once they cooled down and we put them in the bag, we'd put them in the trunk and away we would go. And we would bring them to widows and wealthy people and anybody in between. And sometimes he'd have a monetary gift. Sometimes he'd just give a kind word. And so he really showed me what I call these grandpa's ways of being generous, six of them. And he said, you could be generous with your thoughts towards other people. You could be generous in the way you use your words. You could be generous in the way you share your stuff, the way you use your time, the way you give your money. And he'd always stop on the money one. He'd say, you know, every time I give, it softens my heart. And I think God wants us to give, so every time we give, we get to trust him and grow in that. And then he would say, you could be generous with your influence. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today without other people helping me. And I'm sure I've helped some people. And we all have influence and spheres of ways that we can help other people and be generous in those ways. 
So money is important, but it's not always money. So we can daily, weekly, monthly live the generous life. So I then went into business for a number of years, uh, had a business of 30 people. We lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time. And about 17 years in, uh, I was on a run. I don't know if you've ever had this where like things seem to be working in your life, but you should be totally filled. And yet there was something missing in me. And I went on a run and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I just like, this, my heart feels empty here. And I get this like idea, vision. I'm going to use you to encourage people in their giving. And you're going to bring greater hope and joy to people. I'm like, how, how do I do that? I don't even leave for spring vacation. And, uh, but I went home and I wrote it in my journal. And, you know, I started to pull some people together to talk about generosity. And there were two things that I learned. One was, like, nobody talks about this. And I'm like, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. There's a lot of misunderstanding in our church today. Don't let the left hand know what your right hand's doing and these kinds of things. And of course, Jesus was messaging us on motive. If your motive's wrong, yeah, don't tell anybody. But, you know, I did that, and I started to realize that stories were a really powerful way to move people from awareness to action. And that's my first point that I want to share with you today. When we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. When we get our antenna working. But there's some intentionality with the antenna. We push our button to turn the radio on. and So we need to move at it and make the decision. Make this idea of the antenna as a way to remind us and help us listen and look for ways to do for other people. So like for our family, we got our antenna working through a newspaper article. And this article... It was in the Grand Rapids Press, and it, it was a picture of a Sudanese father and son. And the article went on to say they were firebombed out of their village, they lost friends, they lost family. And that was how the dad got to work on uh, this bike. And that's his only mode of transportation. And then another bike was for the son. And as I read further, some, I realized some thugs stole their bikes. And I'm like, how crazy, that's just terrible. He came to America, and now we're doing this to him. And so we got our family together. We, at the time, we had a 10, 7, and 2-year-old. And we pulled together, and my wife and I, we read this article to him, and we said, what should we do? And my oldest son's like, we got to go get him bikes. And I'm like, you're right, we got to go get him bikes. So we jumped in the car, the minivan, and went to the bike store, loaded him in the back, and a couple miles down the road, my wife says, hey, uh, idea guy, where's their address? <laughs> oh, no, I can't believe it. We forgot of course they don't have that in the newspaper. So we called the organization and they told us generally where they live. Four hours later, we're all over. There's Cheerios over the back of the car. We're getting fumigated by those tires in a confined space, you know, from the bike. <laughs> and, but we find them. And, and once we do, all the dad can say is, I like bike, I like bike, as he's riding his bike down the street because of the language barrier. Well, we left. And my... My wife, Laura, she's like, I kept hearing there's going to be hundreds of bikes in the front yard. And there weren't any. I think that God really had an assignment for us. And I thought, yeah, there it is. Our antenna was working. We saw something. We stepped out of the normal. And then from the back seat of the car, my son says, Dad, that was way better than going to the water park. <laughs> which is what we were going to do that day. 
And I thought, there it is, that truth. It's more blessed to give than receive. When we experience the joy from giving in our lives, it's a game changer. And I, I know that's one of the drivers of why I'm giving my life away to this message is because I want our kids and grandkids to experience this truth. I want us to be filled with the joy that comes from doing for others without expecting anything in return. So one day, I must have told the I like bike story to my friend, Scott, and he, he sent me a note. He said, I like cavities. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm not a dentist. I know you're not. What in the world? So I picked up the phone and I said, tell me more. <laughs> he said, well, I'm sitting at the dentist's office. I overhear this single mom say $926. I can't cover that. I, can I do payments? And he's like, I keep hearing, I like bike. I like bike in my head. And he's like, you know me, like I'm introverted. I don't even know if I like people. <laughs> but he's like, this is my chance. So he gets up and he gives his credit card. When I'm with Dave Ramsey, I say debit card. <laughs> to the cashier. And tears began to flow down her face. He said, you know, I read in Galatians about bearing each other's burdens. This is part of that, isn't it? He's like, I started giving 100 and 500 and 1,000, and God let me give tens of thousands, but you've exposed me to another way to be generous. In Galatians, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those that are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. As I've been able to study and unpack that verse, that word privilege or opportunity is privilege. We get to give. We get to be a part of being a blessing and bearing other burdens. I get the privilege of speaking on generosity in businesses and churches across America. And, you know, I was in this airport and a clean airport bathroom. Now that's a bonus. <laughs> And I found one, so I was pretty excited about it. And, and I got that nudge to tell the man who was just outside, he just cleaned it, like, sir, I just want to, you know, thank you for making this bathroom so clean. I travel, and it's a bonus. And I reached out my hand, and I said, I'm Brad. And he buried his hand in mine, and he said, I'm Conrad. And I noticed as he turned his patch where his name should go, it was blank. And I said, oh, Conrad, if you work for me, your name would be on your shirt. I think you're a good man. You're valuable. And I saw this tear well up in the corner of his eye. And we exchanged this smile. I won't soon forget it. I float away. I catch up with my wife at the coffee shop. She's like, you're glowing. What happened? I'm like, I just went to the bathroom. <laughs> No, no, I said, I just met Conrad. Who's Conrad? And I'm like, would you just let me sit in this for a minute? I mean, this is that truth. It's more blessed to give than receive. Like, I thought I was doing the giving, right? Giving a kind word. And I received so much more joy from that. You know, if there's one thing today that you walk out with, perhaps it's who's your Conrad this afternoon? Tomorrow, maybe you work with him or her. 
What a powerful way for us to be generous with our words and our daily, weekly, monthly activities. And so the first thing, awareness to action, miracles happen. The second thing that I've learned is we need to make a decision to grow in the grace of giving. I know I'm in a room with givers, and I learned from you guys. And yet this is another way for us to grow in that daily, weekly, monthly, generous life. Our family, we love to give to our church regularly, but we've also made some spending decisions that just let us have an emergency giving fund, if you will, on the side. And we've told our kids about this and said, hey, you get your antenna working, you see something, like, talk to us. We can't do everything, but we'll, we'll talk. And our uh, oldest son came to us and he said, my buddy just found out that his dad has two months to live. And is there anything we can do? And so we talked about it as a family. We thought this has got prepaid visa all over it because they probably have some needs that we don't know about. And this is a chance for us to do one of these stealth giving things, right? We, you ever done that where you like write the note, just leave your name off? And we all got in the car and went to their house and left it at the front door. Thought we made a clean break, but they spotted us on the way out. So we're like, rats, we got our cover blown, and, and yet that doctor was right. Two months later, that dad passed away. Three weeks following, a note came to our house. And this note said, Dear Brad and Laura, my husband was pacing back and forth in our living room, asking God to provide some money so that he could put new tires on my car so I would be safe before he went to heaven. The creator of the universe works through us to answer prayer. It's a privilege. But I submit to you that we have to have our antenna working and we have to be talking about this and modeling it to our kids and being in a position to respond, to be the hands and feet of the Lord. What I, what I didn't tell you is that several months prior, I got the phone call that I needed to go see an oncologist. Never the phone call you want. And when we went in to meet, he explained to me that I had a rare form of blood cancer and that I would have 24 months to live. And I saw my whole life flash before my eyes in that, and I thought, who's going to walk my daughter down the aisle? Who's, who, who's going to take care of this young family? And I'm sure you've had your life flash before your eyes, or you will. And so, you know, in this moment, you, you look at your hope, and hopefully your hope's in the Lord Jesus. And then you start looking around and like, what am I doing and what are the decisions I've made? And so that decision for us to grow in the grace of giving, I think I would have chickened out on this opportunity. I think I would have chickened out. And yet we had made the decision to grow in the grace of giving. Because there's, it's such a vast area of our lives. And so then you get to bring these six different ways of being generous to the doctor's office. 
and our bad attitudes and our frustrations. And I get to go there and be generous. You know, when I go now to UCLA and they take all this blood and money from you. <laughs> and the, the lady, the lady doing it, her name, Joy. Love it. Joy, are you kidding me? So one day you could tell she's just having a bad day. And so I'm like, Joy, you ever go get one of those like 910 calorie Starbucks drinks with a friend and just go for it, all the drizzle on the top? And she's like, looks at me kind of peculiar, like, yeah, I, I would do that. And so uh, while she was labeling up the seven vials of blood they took from me, I slid one of those Starbucks gift cards on her chair. As I made it to the door frame, I said, hey, Joy, have fun with your friend. She looked at me. We just exchanged this great smile. And it was like, boom, everything shifted. In fact, when you leave, you're going to get a little card. And on the back, it says, giving changes everything. Because I just think it does. It's the fastest way for me to switch a bad attitude. It's the fastest way for me to get the focus off of Brad and on to somebody else. And I'm so much more like the Lord when I do that. Well, now, my doctor, he's a piece of work. And, and that's being generous with my words, okay? And I sat in his office one day, and he said, I don't see any trace of this disease in your body. And I'm like, yes, yes. <clears throat> I'm like, yeah. I said, Lord, I said, um, thank you, Lord. And then I said, Doc, I think it's a miracle. Ah, that doesn't happen. Statistically impossible. And I'm like, what about spontaneous remission? He's like, now that happens. And I'm like, I thought that's the medical definition of a miracle. What in the world? So then he says, I like your shoes. And I'm thinking, miracles to shoes? What in the world? Oh, I like the buckle. He starts talking about the buckle. And then he goes for the second compliment. Like, I like the stitching. And now it's kind of weird. So I say... What are yours? Like size 10? Ah, you think you're so smart. They're nine and a half. And I'm thinking, you're so dumb. You just gave the giving guy the answer. Because I got in my car. I drove to that Nordstrom rack. Because I'm Dutch, but I like nice. I know where to go. And I go down the aisle, and there they were, those nine and a halfs glowing. I bought those shoes. Brought them back to my office, and I wrote out this note. Dear Doc. Uh, thank you for using your God-given gifts to help a guy like me stay around a little longer. And then I think Jesus is okay with this second part. I said, these will help you be one step more like me. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> he calls me like a week later. He's like, Thank you for the shoes. You're crazy. I, I read your book. You think that a more generous world is a better world for all of us. And I'm like, yeah, how many of you are with me? Right? You're crazy? Yeah, you guys. Yeah. Oh. So point one, right? When we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. The second thing is we've got to make that decision to grow in the grace of giving. Wherever we are, I think we can grow and be stretched. And Third thing I want to share with you is the impact that one story will make. I've never been able to catch up with those people that we got those bikes for. You know that 
two stolen bikes started a movement, an organization called I Like Giving, a nonprofit we started in 2011. One family goes on a wild goose chase. Wow. One of my favorite ways to clarify a giving opportunity is to just ask a question. And I had been reading about widows and orphans, and I thought, my grandparents are gone. Like, where will I find a widow to help? And I got this idea, like, next time I'm getting my hair cut, I'll ask that lady. I'm sure she comes into contact with. So I'm there, you know, it's all shampooed up. And I'm like, where do I get a widow? It came out a little funny. And so I was already way ahead on what I was thinking. So she said, what do you, you know, and I said, well, I just want somebody we can help as a family. I'm reading about widows and orphans. And she's like, I've got the perfect person. Evelyn, she's about this tall, flowing white hair, 88 years old, husband's gone, getting ready to cut back on some of her medicine because she's so short on funds. And we get introduced to her, but only her address. So we start anonymously sending her money, thinking we'll see her in heaven, right? Then she turns 92. So we're like, maybe we should meet her. So four years of sending, <laughs> four years of sending money. So here she is, and we meet in an instant friendship. She was just beautiful. She's so fun. And about that time, uh, our work at I Like Giving was becoming more known. So a publisher came to me, and they said, you should write a book, of which I promptly said, I cheated in high school English. I'm not your guy. <laughs> And they said, no, 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 we can help guys like you. So we're like, okay, uh, maybe, we'll see. So I went straight to Evelyn because now she's 97. And I just want to read you two sentences out of her story that just, just get me. Uh, Tears ran down my cheeks, she says, and I felt deeply grateful. And at that moment, I knew what I needed to do. You see, money is like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Money's like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Can I give this to you? Yeah. I like giving. <laughs> uh, I found out that Evelyn was giving to other people out of what we were giving to her. Come on. So we, we thought, let's... Let's do what we do at I Like Giving, which is capture some giving stories on film. So we caught three minutes of her life, and I brought that video with me today. So I want to draw your attention to the screen, and I'll be right back. How old are you? 97. I'll be 98 in October. <laughs> I live in a retirement community. And we used to have a bus here to take people to the grocery store twice a week. And they gave that bus up, I don't know why. So a lot of people were stuck around here. Like my neighbor Joyce, who was a very shy person. She said to me, well, if they don't get another bus, they'll find another place for me to live. And she says, I just don't want to go anywhere else. I said, Joyce, I'll get you to the grocery store every week. 
but I lost my driver's license because somebody thought I was too old. But I didn't have a mark against me at all. I was heartbroken at that. I really was. It made me feel old. It made me feel useless. I am a good driver. I really am. I, I'm not fearful when I drive, but I'm very careful. Are you a hot No. Well, I drive 65, but I obey the rules, so I went to get it back. You make a promise, it's important for me to, to keep that promise if it's possible. And I passed it. <laughs> I'm on the earth, I'm here. If I can contribute, I should. Shouldn't we all? And not just think of ourselves? It's supposed to get real cold. Like I say, I don't have money to give, but I can give myself and my time. A lot of people in the world who don't have anybody who cares about them. So that's the way I felt. <laughs> We're asked to love our neighbor, be a friend. That will give you joy. I mean, I don't do this so you think I'm great. I don't even think of that. My daughter says, Mother, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I say, well, okay. And like I say, I do what I please. I wouldn't do anything dangerous, but, you know. Isn't she awesome? Oh, spunky Evelyn. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, I got that call that Evelyn went to heaven. And, you know, the, the treasure heart connection is so true because those following weeks, I was just so sad. I, like, I lost a friend. We were so connected, and yet we lived in different parts of the country. And, and yet the impact of one question to one hairdresser and the introduction to one widow led to that story being filmed. You know that 10 million people have watched that video on YouTube and Facebook and across the world. I just recently licensed it to National Geographic where they're going to show it to two and a half million homeschool kids over the next 10 years on the generous life. What a picture of how impact we just never know the power of that one question or that one gift, the just generosity ripple. And really, that's what we do at I Like Giving. We have 17 of these other films. So we're all about our mission, inspire people to live generously. So you go to ilikegiving.com and 
you can watch these other films, you can share them with other people. People say, how is I like giving funded? And I'm like, people that aren't like my doctor. They, they, they go to the website and they give. So that's, we just keep creating films and content and inspiring other people. When I think about impact, I also think about my own family and have the benefit of having my 16-year-old, who's going on 26, makes an interesting parenting challenge with me today. And so I asked him to, uh, first of all, I asked Drew if my son Drew could share a few thoughts. I think that's what got him in. And uh, so I want to ask Drew to come up and will you introduce, will you welcome Drew Formsma? Okay, I'm going to sit down. Good afternoon. Yup, I am 16. I know the sport coat gives me a couple years. But today, I want to share with you what it's been like for me being around the generosity conversation as just a high school kid who loves golf. I can remember back to one of my first giving opportunities. I was in line getting some ice cream with my friends. And I heard, overheard that this kid did not have enough money. So I stepped in and paid for his ice cream. And as I walk out, I kind of got that skip you get from giving. And my friends go, Drew, stop. Do you even know him? I'm like, no. Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to do that? And I got to explain to them, guys, I don't have to do anything. I get to step into this. And I get to do this. And I got to explain to them that we, can, we have opportunities to step into every day. And so over the next weeks and months, I kept doing different experiences around them. On my first day of high school, I'm sitting in class and all nervous, right? Are there any cute girls? And I said to myself, I want to do this different than everybody else. I want to look out for the person who's not the star athlete, who's not the smartest, who doesn't look the coolest. And so there he was in my first class, Quinn. A friendship just started and bonded. And so in the hallways, we'd high-five each other. Uh, I'd have lunch with him, I'd sit by him, help him with his homework. He was about this tall with thick glasses. And so I was able to step into him and make him feel known, make him feel accepted. And what I noticed is I saw my friend coming down the hallway and Quinn was coming the other direction and he gave him a high five. Because of what I did, I was modeling to my friends and they started to do it for themselves. I was able to model to my friends. How cool was that? In my own little sphere of influence, I was able to do what I can do. Parents often ask me, Drew, how do I bring this into my kids' lives? How do I bring this into their lives and create a culture of generosity in our family? So I came up with an acronym, ME, M-E-E, which is funny because it's not about me, okay? Let's take it back. Model. Model, encourage, engage. When you model generosity to your kids, they'll follow. My dad followed in his grandpa's footsteps. I followed in my parents' footsteps. When those seeds are planted, something special happens. Even if there's not an immediate change right away, those seeds are planted forever. The next is encourage. Encourage your kids to give, but don't force it. When generosity is forced, it gets gross. Don't do that. Do it together. Engage. Do it together. Do it as a family. You can share your stories around the dinner table. 
Generosity is never talked about. I had a kid come up to me at school. He goes, Drew, you're doing this little generosity thing. I have no idea what generosity means. And I kind of sat back. And all my life I've had generosity in my life. But a lot of my generation have no idea even what it means. Or they think it's just writing the big check. And they don't think they can do it. So I challenge you to bring this into your family. The last story I want to share with you today. We were sitting around the dinner table at this restaurant. And I saw something weird out of the corner of my eye. So I look again and I see this kid on his phone. And the grandpa is just looking all. And I said to my family, hey, I got to do something. And they're like, okay, Drew, whatever you're going to do. So as we walk out, made a little pit stop by his table. Said to the kid, hey, is that your grandpa? Yeah, it's my grandpa. I said, I bet your grandpa has some great stories from his life. Wouldn't you want to hear some? Yeah. I said, you're going to have to put that phone away. I don't care how great at multitasking you are. That phone was in his pocket pretty quick. And as I walked out, I got the best wink from the grandpa. And I looked back through the window and saw them talking. My one decision to give one question could have changed their relationship forever. Now, I believe we all can ask and give one question. We all can do this. And I believe in this church, in this community, in this culture, in this city, in this country, we can do it. But it starts with us. Because generosity inspires generosity. It's contagious. And this will transform your life. And it doesn't take much. The thing about generosity is that it's so easy, yet we all look past it, even myself. It's such an easy concept. And there's also the giving and the receiving part of it. They go hand in hand. It's okay to receive. It, for my own life, it's a pride issue. I feel like, oh, I, mm, that, must mean I, that, must mean, that must mean I need it. But it's okay to receive because if we're blocking someone's generosity, that could block them from ever giving again. So I challenge you to start this for yourself, start this for your family, and see what happens. And I want you to remember this today. Generosity is not something you only do on Giving Tuesday. It's not something you only do on Thanksgiving or Christmas morning. It's something we can make a lifestyle for ourselves. We can do it every day. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. I'm proud of you. About a year after my grandpa passed away, I was going through some papers, and I found a note, some words that were written to me when I was 14, and I wanted to share them with you. It said, Dear Brad, Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. I think this is well worth remembering. Love, Gramps. And I think it's well worth remembering for all of us that we make a life by what we give. On the way out today, you're going to get a little card that looks like this. Happy little card. I like and a line and a dot. Because that's that story that's yet to be written. I like bike, I like cavities, I like tires, you guys get it. 
And on the back it says, giving changes everything. And there's also a little link to our website for those other films so we can keep inspiring. We need help getting other people around the world inspired to live generously. And I also put my email on there because you might have a story that you want to share with us and that's encouraging to us. So you'll get that on the way out. And um, Today, we learned when we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. We learned that we have to make that decision to grow in the grace of giving wherever we are. And then we get to trust God for the ripple. I was thinking about the other day how when a rock hits a pond, you know, the ripples go, but they dissipate at the shoreline. And yet, this generosity thing seems to be the opposite of that. Something starts so small with a question or a one gift, and it ripples out. Evelyn's one story, how many millions of people? Today, we've had over 55 million people watch these films, but it all started with one crazy family buying two bikes. You just have your own opportunity to create your own story. And so will you, will you join me in this closing prayer? Lord, thank you for the truth that it's better to give than receive. Thank you for this day that we can encourage each other, that we can be inspired. I pray that we would all grow in the grace of giving and make that decision. We would move at it so that we could live the life that's truly life. Lord, help us let our light shine before men, that they'll see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.